Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Zintegra Citrix Network Edition podcast series. I'm your host, Chris Dorn. Um, we're going to kick off here with Season 2, Episode 1, where we're going to cover uh, some of the um, uh, Citrix uh, Secure Services Edge technologies, and that will include um, some products like Secure Internet Access, uh, Secure Private Access, and, and a couple other ones to help. Um, along with the sassy style journey that a lot of you customers are embarking upon now. Um, with us today, we have some special guests from the Citrix team. We have Zachary Rowland. He's a network app and delivery and security, which is abbreviated as ADNS. He's one of the specialists in that field for the Southeast. Also with us today, uh, Chelsea Nori. We've been working with her a lot over the years. Uh, she's on the ADNS team as well as a systems engineer. And Greg Hoslow, our partner account manager, who's uh, helping Zintegra along the way with their, their Citrix journey. Uh, welcome, folks. I appreciate you guys being here uh, early in the morning. Thanks. Good to be here. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. And also uh, from the Zintegra yeah. side, William Grayson, uh, senior network engineers, joining us as well. So welcome, everybody, again. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you guys. So um, we chatted about some of these technologies um, um, last year. They, they were kind of new and, you know, folks were still kind of getting ramped up to it. But we're, you know, since last time we chatted about this, we've seen some innovation in the space. Uh, we've seen some tweaking that's happened with the, the product. Uh, the maturity has, has uh, of course, developed with, um, with the stack that Citrix offers. And um, customers are really starting to uh, come back around and, and the conversations being uh, investigated and reignited again as the interest has sparked pretty high. Um, a lot of what I'm seeing personally in the field is that, you know, there's different pressures in the industry from uh, compliance, insurance, uh, just overall the, the security vectors and the threats that are present in the in that the world that we live in today are kind of steering folks to really evaluate how they can how they can secure their users and still provide like that that awesome experience for them. And it seems like Citrix has really come to the table uh, with a secure private access and SIA with a secure internet access and and being able to deliver that. And um, wanted to chat about it a little bit more because I'm a big fan of it. You know, it seems like one of the most elegant solutions across the different vendors that are available out there. And it, it does it a little bit differently because of the virtualization that was always present and the security that was always present with the Citrix technologies. And that being the Zen apps and desktop, um, virtual apps, desktops, but, you know, as we've gone through the years. So this was kind of like what I see it is like icing on the cake. It's like we, you already had the car and the engine and everything there, it was just like tweaking, you know, the performance metrics a little bit with uh, with your race car, if you will. And um, really kind of taking it to the next level. So I wanted to use this opportunity to kind of share maybe uh, update and over an overview of the technology stack again for folks that aren't familiar with it. And then chat about a little bit of um, what, we, what we've seen as far as adopt, adoption, um, any changes that have, have occurred inside of the product stack and just so how how did folks really come about it and maybe we could talk about you know putting a like a POC in or how folks can evaluate it or really get their their hands on it so 
if that's cool, we'll, we'll tackle it that way. It sounds great, Chris. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points, and uh, you know, I think this is going to be a really valuable discussion. Okay. Oh, thanks. Well, uh, you know, I'd like to chat about one of the one of the big pieces. You know, was the secure internet access, which was a a, a really a, like a cloud CASB, a proxy for your internet traffic, and um, I wanted to kind of start in that area, as you know, that's that's one way that you can quickly initiate um, your 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 sassy journey and um, turn on some of those security features that you, you may already have present in your environment. So maybe Zach and Chelsea, if you could give us a little overview on the SIA. Yeah, for sure. Um, just kind of to start on that, you know, the SIA is a really interesting solution because uh, we could really get as granular as you want. I mean, I, I've worked with a couple of customers that had some pretty unique use cases um, as far as what they want their, their devices to actually access. Uh, one of the things that I always tell people is that, you know, with a solution like secure internet access, you can lock things down pretty much to the point of Fort Knox, right? And it's funny because if you actually look at reviews of people who are using CASB solutions, one of the overarching themes, people are like, man, I, I hate this ever since I got it. I can't watch Hulu. I can't watch Netflix on my device. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the whole point, you know, but to go a step deeper, uh, one of the one of the really cool use cases I found was a company that was providing laptops to developers that didn't want them to access personal Gmail, but they wanted them to be able to access their corporate Gmail. So the fact that we can actually get granular enough to block like a personal Gmail address, but not a corporate address kind of unlocks the gates of what all you can do as far as device security. The other kind of things that we've been seeing it for is kind of in terms of device management, right? So a lot of these companies are giving out Chromebooks and they're giving out laptops and all this stuff. And then they just kind of assume that 20 to 30% of them are just going to end up missing. Well, if that device is locked down and then the actual end user can't do anything but work on it, uh, the odds of them trying to keep that <laughs> for some reason are pretty slim. So there's a lot of kind of hidden benefits, benefits in a solution like that but overall, the main thing is protecting data and protecting traffic as it leaves the endpoint, uh, which is something that, you know, depending on the application, if you've got anything kind of sensitive data, uh, you know, intellectual property, things of that nature, and you want to make sure 100% that it's not getting leaked out and it's not getting copied, things like credit card numbers, uh, this is by far the best solution to employ. And uh, our solution is comparable, uh, if not better than most of the leading solutions in the market right now. Good point, Zachary. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always understood it was kind of the best of breed approach with how you guys deliver SIA. It is. So uh, we have a bunch of pops. I think it's something like 68 um, right now. It might be more actually uh, where we filter traffic through. So even if one of those is seeing a lot of congestion, uh, can, wow, congestion like New York City, then we'll intelligently route that traffic over to the next closest pop so the users actually don't get. Uh, much of a degraded user experience, which is something that, you know, when we talk about resiliency a lot, we want to make sure that uptime is our, is our biggest concern. Obviously, employees can't work, contractors can't do what they're paid to do if they can't access their, uh, you know, their apps and web applications or whatever they're doing on the internet. So when we say best of breed, uh, for us specifically, our solution ties back into the broader Citrix portfolio uh, with a lot of really cool reporting things uh, that'll kind of hit the bigger stack. So we've actually gone head to head up against a couple of competitors um, and the users that were already on Citrix, uh, they chose us pretty much hands down because of how we integrate with the rest of the stack. 
Very cool. And that's, and that would be, that should be expected. You know, that's, you know, the best of breed. You've already got half of the deployment already in place there. Um, we're just flipping some switches and then to really kind of make it all work though, is it's still like a, a proxy pack kind of file that's placed on the end users uh, components or is it an agent still? How, how's yeah. that kind of put into that onto those uh, users devices? It's an agent that's put on the device. Uh, so one of the things that I always tell people is that, you know, I would I would go the, the CASB, the SIA route if you're if you're the employer that is providing the devices. Um, we all kind of know that with BYOD, it's pretty much impossible to get conformity across the end user group. Uh, so requiring your users to install an agent that's then going to, uh, you know, li limit their traffic flow on their own, like their, their personally owned device is kind of a tough sell. Um, but that's kind of where some of the other solutions come in and really why we have the full SASE zero trust stack across the board. Okay. And it's, it's still like if, if I was in a corporate data center and I wanted to say, okay, 100% of everything that's internal to us, if it's going to reach out to the internet, it's going to go through the SIA service. Is there still the, the ability to kind of bypass the agent and, and do like a GRE tunnel uh, to the service? Is that still I, true? I would lean on Chelsea for that, but from what I understand, yes, is that there's a lot of things depending on device location and kind of what network it's connected to. Uh, we actually modify the policies. Uh, so I, I'm, I think that's true. I'm like 90% yes. sure, but Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea, <laughs> thank you. Yep, Zach, that's correct. Very yes, cool. we do have that agent agent option as well, Chris. Very cool. I mean, because that plays into that just shows there's a lot of flexibility there. And, you know, if, if the vendor that you do have in place on your edge uh, is capable. And from what I recall, I, I didn't see any that were not capable of this. Um, that GRE tunnel could be put into place straight to the service and then uh, immediately provide 100 percent access for all internal resources to the SIA service in the cloud. So uh, and then, that just playing on top of the, the flexibility and the agileness of, of the solution itself is that's not the case with most vendors. So that, that's a unique identifier, I believe. Very cool. So again, that kind of um, that component is uh, the secure Internet access. <clears throat> again, it's going to be like the, the web filter that's placed in the cloud for securing uh, access to the internet services that your users are uh, taking advantage of and then from the other side of that though we have users that are remote that are coming in and we really want to look at that zero trust access component and that's where the secure private access really kind of shines um, this has been probably i'd have to say the coolest one as far as the innovation that i've seen with it um, the ability to really uh, take that virtualization and investment of Citrix to the next level. And um, quite easily, if you already are a Citrix shop, you know, <clears throat> checking off those boxes for compliance factors. So um, how, what's, what's going on new in the world of the secure private access? Yeah, so that, that's probably one of my favorite things to bring up uh, with customers these days, because a lot of people, you know, kind of like we were talking about earlier, like they're looking for a solution. They're looking for ways to address these problems, especially when it comes to security, that oftentimes in the traditional deployment, they, they detract from the user experience, right? So we used to kind of have this sliding scale that 
the more you go up on security, the more difficult the end user experience. Uh, with today's job market, the the employee attrition, you know, all of these things that are top of mind to all these companies, they're trying to retain talent and they're trying to make their work as seamless as possible while keeping that security option open, right? So with the secure private access, what we're able to do is unify the end user experience uh, across the board and still provide them, you know, the, the contextual access to their web and SaaS apps or internet access, you know, things of that nature from an easily deployable, easily deplorable, wow, deployable solution that is actually in line with their Citrix virtualization users, right? So you now have conformity across the board where it doesn't matter what the employee type is, all you all the employee knows is that they're getting access the same way as everyone else. So from an actual onboarding perspective, I don't know if, you know, I'm sure you guys have deployed users through VPN before, but when you're setting up a new user on the VPN, it's not exactly the easiest thing to set up uh, to admin, to monitor, you know, if you have to send out like a Word document or an email saying, here's all the websites you need to go to, here's how you set everything up, here's this, this, and this. Now we just give them a URL and then bam, they're in, they get access to everything they need to do their work and they're under the security umbrella, which is by far the biggest thing now. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? And this, uh, you know, and how we kind of tackled all this in the past was if we were delivering VDI, you know, everybody got a desktop, you know, and on the flip side of that, if we were just delivering apps, everybody was delivering apps. Uh, a lot of that came through the ADC, uh, the gateway, and this kind of gives us a little more flexibility here, you know, with the, with the options. Um, we don't necessarily have to give somebody a whole desktop, you know, we're you know, the, the presentation layer is delivering that application to that user. And um, a, a lot of a lot of things can like give and take in, in the delivery of this, which I, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, what I've seen is, you know, maybe maybe a, a customer is uh, uh, consuming a new or partnering with a new organization and they're bringing on, say, for example, 500 new users. And they might only be running like a, a VPX 200 for their ADC to traditionally deliver their uh, desktops to those users. Well, now we're kind of seeing there's another option here where they might not they might not need to step up the ADC to the VPX 1000, for example. Uh, they might be able to take advantage of just delivering those one or two Z apps to the those new users with that new organization through something like this. And I think it uh, really provides a, another tool in the toolbox um, for quickly ramping up and, and completing the, those mergers and acquisitions, uh, which I thought was a pretty pretty cool piece. Yeah, Chris, you're, you're, you're spot on there, man. I mean, uh, I'll say another one of the things to mention there is that as more companies are moving to, you know, SaaS-based architecture, they're they're thinking that all these devices are secure at the endpoint just because whatever app they're using like you know office 365 or whatever is deployed as a SaaS app the reality is is that if you still have unlocked devices that are not being monitored that there's no security policies just because that your users are consuming SaaS apps doesn't mean that any of that data or any of the work they're doing is safe and secure you know, so it, it's this kind of double-edged sword where people are trying to cut costs and they're trying to innovate, but they're they're cutting on the security uh, because they think, oh, well, if it's a SaaS app, then everything's taken care of. 
if that device at the endpoint is compromised, you know, everything's being screen scraped, there's key loggers, there's all this stuff going on, and all that data going into that SaaS app or being used in that SaaS app is now compromised. You know, so people have to innovate with the security solutions as well as the actual delivery of whatever the users are accessing. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, this one came up quite a bit in the initial conversations we've had with some customers. They're like, well, what keeps uh, John and Jane who bring their BYOD device, you know, how do we enroll them and get them to take advantage of this? And it, it's been, well, it's the workspace app. You know, that's it's kind of it might already be there, you know, so the, you got a pretty good chance of, you know, not having to do a whole lot on the on the endpoints to deliver some of these solutions, especially the secure private access component. Yeah, there's there's a lot of customers that actually have entitlements to secure private access now that got grandfathered in uh, that they don't even know it. You know, so it's one of those things where from an admin perspective, uh, it's definitely worth a look to kind of see what your entitlements are and kind of see what you can take advantage of, because that's something that we've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, looking into solutions, not realizing, hey, we've already got this because of what we bought with our workspace bundle, you know. I mean, that's a great point that you might be able to tackle that compliancy project that you have coming down the pipeline or already in your lap. You know, you might already have the tools there and quickly be able to check that off your list. Um, so, I mean, that's a very good point, Zach. So, I mean, it, our, our listeners here, you know, take advantage of, of investigating that. Reach out to your Zintegra account representative, client executive. We'll, we'll double check that for you because you might already have the entitlements for it. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, um, what another component during a lot of the initial conversations that I, I've heard over the years was like, well, what keeps that BYOD user from, you know, just going to that SaaS app and, and logging in directly and not having to take it back through the uh, secure private access component? And um, the answer is, can it, can it be done? If that's the question, yes, it, you know, it's just changing the authentication um, to require it to come from Citrix Cloud is, is the way that it's kind of tackled. And that'll force those users to have to go through the SPA tunnel to um, authenticate and, and work with that SaaS application. Um, with that, though, let me think. I think I forgot a little bit here. I had a next question kind of teed up. <laughs> um, Still getting some of that coffee in, yeah. in my system too. <laughs> and Chris, real quick, while you're while you're thinking of that question, I just wanted to kind of jump on and mention how the great thing about this solution is while we're adding all of these extra security measures um, from a cloud service perspective, um, this is also accessible just how it kind of used to be with your Citrix virtualization. You can do it through a connection app, like a connector, or you can do it through HTML5. So there's the URL connection as well. So kind of gives you that flexibility with your users. If you have vendors that you don't have the agent installed on their device, they can just access it through a URL, just like they would with any Citrix virtualization resources. Yeah, Chelsea, that's a great point. And um, you guys were in Charlotte a couple of weeks ago. I, I got to see that firsthand and it was, I couldn't, you know, you pretty much can't tell the difference between using agent and, and the HTML5 version. So, but, if your users have a browser, I guess they meet the requirements needed to participate in SPA. Uh, so that's a great point. 
And I, th I think uh, the question I was thinking of a, a few moments ago, there's a, um, the browser, the secure browser that's embedded in that. Uh, can you guys chat about that a little bit? Because that, that seemed to be like a pretty unique component that, um, that a lot of the competition may yeah. have, but it may cost more or it's, you know, this seemed to be like a really native Chromium-based solution that it's uh, pretty much native to the, to your ZTNA offering. Yeah, I think that we're actually the only company that, that gives a solution like that. And really what it is, it's a, just like you said, it's a Chromium uh, browser that's actually launched, launched as a virtual instance in one of our Azure tenants. And what that actually allows us to do is lock down that browser and give it the same kind of uh, security restrictions that we would from a super lockdown virtual desktop, right? So things like uh, anti-screen scraping, uh, you know, anti-key logging, if, if you know, you can do watermarks. And the cool thing about the secure browser is that you can ramp up those security measures based on the security health score of the user. So that's part of what we have is the uh, the adaptive authentication, the contextual access. So if you're a user that is throwing, you know, some red flags, your security is going to get hopped up. Uh, depending on how you have it set up, you might get uh, a watermark over everything. You might not be able to do any kind of copy and paste. Uh, you know, so it's one of those things where depending on how tight you want the security, we offer a solution. You know, I, I always say up to Fort Knox level. You know, so from a, from a company that's really concerned about security, which, you know, in this day and age should be every single company, uh, we, we provide a solution that allows your users, even if they're just going to, you know, launch like a quick internet app or something, uh, we're able to really lock that down and make sure that we have the security policies in place that the customer wants to use. Nice. So, yeah, thank you. And it, are there any other component? I, well, we didn't chat about it yet, but like uh, uh, Citrix web app and API protection, it, it was, does that technically fall under like the SSE kind of sassy offerings of, of Citrix? Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, so those are solutions that we offer basically as a response to people that we're trying to set them up uh, through the NetScaler, through different things. You know, in, in this day and age, all these IT teams that we talk to, they're stretched pretty thin. They've got a million projects going on. They've got directives from all over, but they still have these things that need to get done at the end of the day. So off, being able to offer things as a service uh, really helps us make sure that everything's up to date, everything's working as intended, uh, with as as essentially as little input from the uh, from the customer as possible. Uh, you know, we don't we don't want to think that our customers are having to send their sit there three to four hours a day checking logs updating different versions and patching and adding new things here and there adding new black like block sites etc uh, so we have solutions that you know the customer can do it or citrix can manage it so it you know it, it's one of those really interesting things where uh we're, we're kind of taking the advantages or we're taking advantage of uh, our place in the industry as being a key security vendor and being able to pass along those best practices instantaneously as soon as there's any kind of patches or updates or, or threats. So, uh, you know, being able to offer that from web app and API protection, web app firewall, always on DDoS protection, you know, basically think of any trigger word uh, for security. And uh, Citrix offers it not only as a customer managed solution, but also as a Citrix service. 
Great point. So it sounds like we're kind of tackling a lot of the components that people have on their ADC and moving that to that the services platform in the cloud form. And um, like we were just chatting about here, the web app and API protection, you know, that's an awesome part of the Citrix ADC. Um, but like you're saying, you know, that's it takes a little time to set it up. You got to learn, you got to watch it, you got to tweak it. But if we look at the cloud solution alternative to that, you guys have got a lot of the main ones, uh, SaaS applications already kind of boxed up and um, the templates are already available for it. So there's a lot of the, the recommended and best practices for those web applications. So that really reduces your, your time to ramp up. And again, like you're saying, in the cloud, uh, it's it's almost evergreen. So uh, if there is a, a requirement for firmware updates or anything, that's already taken care of in the cloud. So it's you know, taking that off the internal organization team's uh, plate on a day-to-day -day monitoring, uh, making sure it's working and kind of shifting that effort to addressing anything that might be found, you know, spending more time in the dashboard and looking at the actual analytics and, and checking performance and making things better is, is a um, reward from using these kind of solutions that are services-based. So it's, it's it's come a long way and it really really to help with today's modern workplace and the teams that are providing these solutions for their organizations well chris it really comes down to scalability and agility right so yeah. as a lot of these solutions are you know being moved to cloud managed platforms i mean you look at it with uh companies like epic uh office 365 g suite all of these solutions are starting to go to the cloud uh, because people are realizing that if they just let the company who they're trusting for the software actually manage the infrastructure and the updates and the patching and stuff, then they can actually just focus more on work. So Citrix is pretty unique in the way that we approach this because we let customers kind of choose, you know, do you want to handle everything? Do you want to do everything your own? Yeah, fine. We can let you do that. Or we can manage it for a very hands-off, one touch, you know, how many licenses, how many users, how many locations, let us know, bam, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. So we kind of have a solution for everybody when it comes to this kind of a kind of a sense. Yeah, excellent. All right, very cool. And then the good old ADC still on-prem, still my favorite. It's uh, still love the infinite amount of possibilities that it can provide. Um, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, tried <laughs> true. That's the very, very cool way to look at it. Well, guys, are there any other components that we didn't cover that may be up and coming or that we didn't touch on so much as part of the uh, framework here? So a little little kind of a cool teaser here for you. So uh, we're, we're getting close to the full release for the uh, ADC as a service. So even the uh, the tried and true ADC, uh, we're, we're starting to manage ourselves. We, we still offer that in the uh, customer managed or Citrix managed. Uh, but really, you know, we're taking that concept of scalability, you know, rapid deployment, uh, ease of management, and we're actually utilizing that as a service as well. So uh, that's something really interesting to look out for. Um, and, and definitely it's kind of along the lines of what we're doing as a company of making our solutions the best they possibly can. I mean, Chris, you've been around Citrix long enough to know uh, every time that someone ever says that Citrix is, you know, our Citrix is terrible, we don't like it. 100% of the time, it comes down to a bad deployment, right? Uh, so exactly. we're, we're, we're kind of taking that option away. So we, we always know it's going to be a good deployment because we're the ones who have set up and managed the brains. 
and that and that's that's pretty interesting and i've had customers ask about it um in the past couple months too so will that adc as a service will that allow traditional load balancing on-prem do you know if that's a component that will be included in that yes we do offer it as an on-premise solution as well and the customer can manage it so there's different different management levels of the service um so yeah. there is that on-premise option yeah all right very cool that'll be exciting i can't wait to get my hands on that <laughs> that's for sure so as, if customers are interested in this you know um how how do we go about that if if we have this same kind of conversation and we watch the videos and everything and they're like hey i want i want to kick the tires on this you know i i got the ability to stand up a, a delivery group and and my see that environment um can you can you help me take advantage of this so are there any options to kind of um give users like a 30-day trial of this of the sia or the spa or those components uh, available to kind of spin up so that they can kick the tires on it so not with the sia uh just because yeah. you know because it's the the casb solution and you know they're we're paying for uh for azure tenants and such uh, we can do like a what I like to do is a pilot group, right? So a small section, you know, between like a like 100, 150 users and say, here's what we're going to do. Let's separate this out, um, you know, get a couple of your different user groups. Your power users is kind of the way I like to propose this. Put them on the solution, get all the feedback, come back and we'll tweak it out and we'll make sure that, you know, we deliver you guys what you want. Um, I've had a lot of success with that for the SPA. Um, I'm not sure, Chelsea, do we do SPA trials? I think we can. Um, I know we have like demo environments that are not specific to any customer environments that we can show. I haven't had a POC just yet, um, but I think the sales engineers um, on the Citrix teams can work with PM team to get um, trials set up for customers that are interested in it okay so there's some options there uh, i would think that like a lab environment would suffice for a lot of folks um to kind of get that spun up for them to, to check that out now with that um i kind of just got zoomed into my own screen there for a moment <laughs> <laughs> it happens <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Um, I don't have any other questions, I don't think at this point. So, um, you know, I super appreciate you guys joining today. I think, um, you know, that was good teaser a little bit to the, um, to the August 31st webinar that we'll be doing, uh, together. So I want to put this out and invite all of our listeners to join on the 31st. Uh, if you see this, I'll have uh, online, uh, for the podcast posting, then I'll definitely have a link in there for registration so you can join and, and, and actually see firsthand how this kind of is demoed and, and put together and the kind of experience that your users would have. Um, but again, I, you know, I thank you guys very, very much for being here, Chelsea, Zach, and Greg. Um, thanks, William. I think he might have popped off, but I'll circle back around with him later. <laughs> but um, appreciate it, Chris. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to this integrity guys. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for getting this kicked back off. Uh, we'll keep the momentum going. We'll, we'll try to tackle some more of these and, um, 
because it, it, it's it's got a great foundation. I'm, I'm sure is we we evolve and adapt to what what's out there as Citrix does, and they've always done that. So we'll we'll stay on top of this and have some more of these conversations about it just to check in with our listeners. But again, thank you all very very much for being here, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.